Good evening. I'm Roxanne Johnson. My son's name is Jamal Bird. He was killed on October 1st, 2019 by Metropolitan Police. Good evening, you guys. My name is Latoya Benson. I am the mother of Xavier Hill. Xavier was killed at the age of 18 by Virginia State Police, January the 9th, 2021. Tonight, we are honored to be joined by Ms. Emily. If you want to go ahead and introduce yourself, please. Hi, you guys. Thanks for having me. Uh, my name is Amity Dimmick, and I am the mother of Kobe Dimmick-Heisler. He was a uh, young autistic man, 21 years old, who was murdered on a reversed 911 call in his home and from in front of his grandmother, August 31st, 2019, by Brooklyn Center PD, the same PD that went on to then murder Dante Wright. Wow. Well, we're um, honored to have you with us this evening, and we are so sorry for your loss for your of your son same um, to you guys yeah T um tell us a little bit more about a reverse 911 <clears throat> well so like i said my son was autistic he just had a bad day just like anybody had has every once in a while and um kind of lost his cool for a minute it was over a uh, messed up wendy's order he <laughs> He knew Wendy's was going to mess his order up. Grandpa didn't want to wait to see. So when Kobe checked, they had indeed messed up his order. So they ended up arguing about, about um, the order. Uh, but the reverse 911 call is that, you know, uh, my son got upset. But then when the grandfather called 911, you know, he just was unupset and everything was fine. And so the grandfather called 911 back and said, you know, everything's, you know, he's going to be all right, you know, just forget about it. And uh, 911 even called back twice. And he so much as said the same thing, like, oh, just forget about it. Everything's fine. And, uh, you know, even when they, they showed up out there. Yeah. And then even when they showed up, every, everything was fine. So, <laughs> so what, what happened with the office's amity with your son's kids? Uh, then Hennepin County District Attorney Mike Freeman um, chose not to charge any of the officers involved. And then so, you guys in turn filed a civil suit? Uh, on August 30th of 2022. So with one day or day to spare, because there's a wow. three-year statute of limitations, um, we were able to file a wrongful death lawsuit, I believe a federal one. Um, um, oh, what's the status of it? What's going on with that? So we are currently at discovery. Mm -hmm. Okay. okay. Um, just got the list of, I don't know how to talk technical with mm -hmm. all this stuff, but just got the list of questions. Yeah, things are done. And I know with that, when you're uh, in federal court, you can say, you know, but so much as far as case is concerned. So we won't touch up too much on that there. Let's talk about more so what you guys are doing, uh, boots on the ground. What have you guys done? I know you have a foundation. We'll talk about that last. But what are you guys doing right now as far as um, legislative work is concerned, um, as far as the impact is concerned that's had on you to continue to move forward? All right. So that's that's a 
I got a twofold answer to that. One would be okay. the legislative work. And I was madly trying to find this wonderful flyer that we had when we just did a legislative walkthrough. I went uh, with uh, Communities United Against Police Brutality, the Minnesota Justice Coalition, and we went, um, did a legislative walkthrough, which I've never done before, um, but um, literally take the bills that we're trying to get passed, which are 13, I believe I'll give a few examples. And then you uh, go to the Capitol and you literally walk through the offices, you know, and hope to catch them in their offices, walking down the halls, caught the end of a joint committee. So, <laughs> you know, had a whole bunch of them to choose from and um, a little quicker than trying to set up a meeting. And uh, so some of the bills that we're currently trying to get passed are some, you know, pretty common sense ones, like uh, if uh, an officer is convicted of a convicted of a crime, then they don't get the taxpayer payer funded portion of their uh, retirement plan. Um, ending qualified immunity, uh, requiring personal liability insurance, just like every other professional in our nation is required to have and foot, foot the bill themselves. Um, and uh, and so bills along those lines, but then also we have uh, Kobe's Law, which uh, we've been trying to get passed. It made it into the omnibus in the last session, but that didn't pass. But it would require body-worn camera that the next of kin legal term, so the family, be able to see the body-worn camera footage of an in an officer-involved shooting within 48 hours. Okay. In our situation, you know, we waited for a year to be able to see the video. And when we were able to see the video, it was only because George Floyd was murdered and the civil unrest happened. Uh, Brooklyn Center Mayor Mike Elliott called four days after and um, offered, I'm sure he just knew how easy it would have been for us to take all of that momentum and bring it to Brooklyn Center. So they offered to um, let us see the video. And when I say see the video, I mean like limited people in their facilities, surrounded by their, you know, ranked people, well, the chief and um, the city attorney sitting there, like watching your every move and reaction, um, limited time to be able to see just a limited amount of videos. So we were able to watch just the four main officers videos and just their body worn camera videos just a few times. Um, when in all reality in total, I think we ended up getting like 54 videos and, um, have watched. Now, Anthony, with Kobe's Law, let's talk about that a little bit too, because I want to kind of, you know, we want to explain to people when people say they've gotten things as far as um, they're able to influence a bill, whether or not it's passed or not, what were the steps you have to take in order to even, to even do something like that? What would it take for them to implement that law? Not to implement the law, even for you guys just to, to introduce it, to get plain, so you know, look at it. Oh. Oh, well, you got to get, oh my goodness. You're going to, I, I, you know, I can't tell you what I was doing in civics class when I was in high school, but, um, um, and I'm trying to think of that, that childhood, like how to make the bill. <laughs> what I know is that you got to get somebody in the house and the Senate and like somebody has to author the bill and that essentially is carrying the bill. So I know Aisha Gomez is carrying the bill and she's getting somebody in the Senate to be the co co-author co something like that and uh 
and and I have confidence that she will do that. Not only is she uh, one of our representatives, but she is also a family friend. And um, so the steps we got to take on to get there, but, but it may be. But then it's got to go through certain committees and right. which committees it's, and, and it could be, I don't know what the least number is. It could possibly be one, but it could be up to multiple depending on what it, you know, touches. So in this right. particular bill, it wouldn't touch um, money. So it wouldn't end up in the, what the ways and means. Yeah, yeah. You're really challenging me on this. So, um, but I've been getting kind of good at talking about all this stuff in the last two years. I like to say, I'm just an accountant, man. I don't know all this stuff. Um, and so that's where it's at. And then the other thing that I found out is there's something called a companion bill. So there's a companion bill to the Kobe bill. Well, that sounds like friendly and like, you know, you'd be walking hand in hand. That That, that is not what companion bill means. And the counter bill to that bill? Well, it's not even a counter bill. It's like a similar bill. So apparently Cedric Frazier is carrying a, another bill, a companion bill to it, which would make it so in five days families would get the video but the chief of police couldn't choose to override that and say no so we all know how we feel about that but one thing that it does have that the kobe's bill doesn't have that i do like is that in 14 days it's out to the public you know and of course, we don't like five days and we don't like 14 days. But you know what? It's way better than what some of our families have gotten. And we also know that in certain, you know, in almost every circumstance, if we all just go to the streets and demand it, they will produce it. Um, they have shown us time and time again, recently in Minnesota, um, for, you know, with Dante and, jo I mean, George and Winston Smith and, and Khalil, you know, they are actually producing them. Mm -hmm just instantly at this point. And most importantly to note people is that nothing's happening. The cities aren't, you know, all of a sudden burning down, all hell hasn't broken loose. You know, the, the cases aren't compromised. Um, it's just what's right, you know, to be able to see the videos. Um, so that's what we're doing on the legislative front. On the uh, policy um, front, Katie Wright, uh, Dante Wright's mother and myself, and uh, citizens of Brooklyn Center um, and uh, the prior mayor and the current mayor. Um, Brooklyn Center in 20, May of 2021 passed the Dante Wright and Kobe Demick-Heisler Community Safety and Crime Prevention Resolution, which is um, them re-envisioning public safety. Uh, they uh, have two work groups. One is uh, the expanded response work group, which they have appointed myself to chair. And in that work group, we are working to uh, create an expanded response option in their city. And um, so for um, not only like mental health, autism calls, um, but it also, you know, is talking about like the, the uh, animal noise complaints, um, the unruly person at the hotel, uh, um, things like that, right? So it handles more than just the mental health, but you know, a community responder program, many, many cities across the nation at this point have already implemented um, something along those lines. 
And then on the uh, and then Katie Wright is chairing the policy work group, which is uh, looking at uh, uh, the low level traffic stops. And so um, they're looking at that, you know, like the tinted windows, the no tabs, the uh, air freshener in your rear view mirror. And then they're also uh, working on consent search policy and no knock warrants. And so uh, we have been working on that. My goodness. So you guys are getting some work over, over a year now. Well, you know, we're, we're like uh, working against what seems to be a, an impossible battle. You know, the city says that they support us. And, um, but then it seems like ever since that um, the committee was formed and we've been doing the work that they've kind of actually been act, uh, I mean, I don't want to say actively working against us, but just not um, one of them well, even, you know, they even said in an open meeting that, you know, we were essentially set up to fail because we didn't like have what every other uh, committee or group like ourselves would have had, which was a lot of support, you know, all the staff that we needed doing what we needed. Um, they have another, uh, another committee out there doing, I don't know what that has like a better website than us and a better everything than us. And yet we're the ones who actually can say, this is the product that we can show you when we're done. They don't actually have a product. They have a theory of an idea. So it's, it's good that you guys are actually uh, in the state that you guys are working as far as you can tell the impact they're having in yourself from your son or whatnot, that you guys are moving forward to have boots on the ground. What advice could you give to impacted family member if they wanted to get a bill introduced or they wanted to please look at it? What advice would you give them on that perspective on how to get things moving on that? Well, I was going to say uh, uh, connections and relationships, right? Yeah. Um, so a lot of my uh, ability to learn as fast as I've learned has been um, uh, having connections. And networking. With, yeah, networking and getting these connections with people who, you know, have been, you know, I have mentors out here, you know, that I learn from because they've been doing it for so long and they're and they're so good at it so you certainly um don't want to go out there and try to recreate the wheel and stand there by yourself and try to figure it out right i didn't sit here and try to figure it out i went to the people who knew i picked the ones that i trusted right that's that's a whole nother story but found the folks that i felt like i could trust and then started learning from them and really taking a uh, direction from them and then relationships you know, and that's like relationships with those people, because you're not always going to see eye to eye with people in this, in this whole movement and reality, but um, people have their strengths and weaknesses, and you just have to figure out how to, how to work together with them. And also just like relationships with, um, I hate the word, but stakeholders, you know, like um, the, the, all the city, staff, the all the city staff, politicians, like you have yeah. to start learning this, this, yeah, you got to, create relationships you got to maintain them you have to you know let's face it you got to be nice when you don't want to be stuff like that you know um so really yeah, i'd say connections and um the relationships because once you have those you don't actually need to know you just need to be able to follow instructions and listen you know folks already know how to do what needs to be done you just have to be able to connect with them you know and if ever in doubt, just come to one of us and we network and we figure out who's in your 
area, right? Like I was just in Atlanta the other day and or last week. And if I had had time, you know, I'd reached out. I'm all like, oh, you know, Atlanta, you know, what's going, you know, they got that cop city in Atlanta. If I would have had more time, I would have um, been meeting up with some of those, uh, um, you know, friends, friends that I now have on my page that I've never met, but, you know, I would have gone and um, certainly uh, brainstormed with them out there. So, you know, it's really about networking and connections and uh, relationships. Um, what's interesting to me, Amity, is that I kind of hear you saying that this whole idea of not releasing video before, um, there's a now a law where they have to release it or the law is up for uh, to be enacted. It's two things. It is both up to be enacted, both at the two at the 48 hours, which is Kobe's bill, and then the companion bill that Cedric Frazier has. But when we weren't able to get it passed, like I said, it made it into an omnibus bill, which is a whole nother conversation I can't explain. But it, <laughs> it did make it into um, the omnibus bill, but it didn't pass. And so my understanding is Governor Tim Walz did take like I don't think the term is executive order, but something like that. And he was able to pass um, a, a whatever he calls it that says that uh, videos have to be shown within five days. Now, the deal with that, though, it only uh, he's only able to say that for the departments that fall under his control or whatever. And so that would be the state patrol, the DNR and the BCA. And we haven't quite figured out how what that means with the BCA, right? Because mm -hmm. they ultimately end up holding the videos, but they're not really the original, you know, so we haven't really figured out what that means with the BCA. Right, and I, and I, I guess we think as, as the community, we think that um, having police video is helpful for us. It keeps us safe because we can find out exactly what the, these uh, law, law enforcement officers did in, when they were um, interacting with our family member. But it sounds like that's not the case. I know we've had other impacted families on here who said similar things where they were unable to get um, the videotapes. So I guess uh, that's just well, another thing they keep that they can use against you actually. Well, and oh, so one of the other bills, of course, that we're trying to pass is statute of limitations. I forgot that just naturally runs in from one to the other, because say in our case, we, you know, I mean, in these cases where you can't even get the data to be able to determine on your own what needs to be done. If it's a year into something that has a three year statute of limitations, I don't care who you are, but that's not fair. Yeah. Right. That's and right. so, and so um, one of the other ones is, I mean, and of course we'd like to make the statute of limitations just like not have one, but um, you know, unfortunately we have to be realistic sometimes in the bills that we're going to ask. I mean, like realistic in the sense of what, what can we actually get passed? So I believe yeah. that one is trying to switch it from the three year to five years. And I honestly, it should be no years because I mean, like, Exactly. Because you have people out here who came and have like find attorneys and stuff, you know, and the pressure of can I file a lawsuit? Do I need to stay home and grieve and whatnot? It's not fair. You have to pick and choose, you know, like do I get to grieve right now or do I have my own time frame right now to file a lawsuit? That's not fair to the families. I know that I then um because you know, got nothing but time. One thing I also want to pass is that they can't turn their cameras off so so that would be another bill that would have to be written and then i know that uh and i know we've discussed this 
in general before, but I know um, Howard Johnson's mom, Monique, um, was talking to me about, you know, because we still have officers or departments, especially rural and stuff like that, that don't even have the body worn cameras or don't have the dash cams. And so uh, I connected her with, like I say, the connections, because she's new to, she's like months into this. She doesn't know all this stuff. Connected her with the people who can get a bill written just like that, right? That's all she, all she, had, to do, all she had to do was state what she wanted to do. I take that information, I connect her with the person who can do it. So the bill she would like to see is one of these statewide bills, or I mean, of course, we'd like everything at federal level, but you know, statewide bill that, um, you know, which once again, then that you deal with funding and all that stuff. So, you know, got to figure out a way to make it so everybody is required to have them, you know, all ranks, all rural or not. And then, you know, got to be able to pay for them. And then, and then I come in with the none of y'all can turn them off ever unless you're in the bathroom. Right. Yeah. Cause I think if you turn them off, that, that means you're guilty period. Well, and, and I saw an interview when, in regards to my son, because, you know, Kim Potter came in after my son's murder and told those officers to turn their body worn cameras off. And when I saw uh, one of the news stories about one of the people on the other side talking about it, he said, well, the reason this was, his, this is what he said. He said, the reason for the body worn cameras is to capture the interaction with the public. You know, like once that murder, so his logic was once that murders happen and then we've turned it off, then we're done dealing with the public. Now we're, you know, trying to do our little cover up. <laughs> Not my words. I'm just my words. My words. Yeah. You know, and uh, so I will, you know, so. But as far as I'm concerned, uh, you know, being in that situation, as far as, you know, it's as important, you know, as important as to see what happened that took my son from me, but it's almost as important or, or more important to see what happened exactly afterwards. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I, um, I think we can uh, refer people back to uh, Schoolhouse Rock. I think it was. That's what I was trying to remember. <laughs> <laughs> Only a bill. So anybody. So I, what I heard you say, Amity, that anybody can write a bill and get somebody on this in the legislative branch of government, uh, state, uh, state or federal to sponsor that bill for them. You don't even have to write the bill. Oh, like, I mean, you come up with the idea, you just go talk to your legislator, you know, go look up who your person is, go meet with them, say, I got this bill. And uh, what do you call this? Oh my gosh. There's an office that like, what is that called? Do you know what it's called? Oh my gosh, there's like an, uh, it's not the registrar. I don't know. There's some office where like you could just, they turn it into language, right? So it's the idea. And then, but your legislator should be able to help you. And if they don't, because, you know, there's a lot of stuff that we citizens that these people are supposed to be working for us, not working against us. They work for us, y'all. We don't we they work for us we pay them with our tax dollars or you know the other thing is you can also just kind of look how bills are written and start taking stabs at writing your own bill just to get it started and then help other families do that just to be able to have a more you know because like a legislator is 
I'm sure probably more willing to help if, especially if you've done a lot of the legwork, you know what That's I right. mean? Yeah, right. absolutely. So what can we take away? What kind of actions? Cause we are about action on this, uh, this podcast. You know, we like to hear what families are doing. What kind of action can we take away from, um, from this discussion this evening? To help yeah. you out. Yeah. Well, you know, I mean, I'm, of course, always, you know, specifically just, oh. <laughs> There's that cat, man. That's action number one. Get that cat off the screen. Let's start this. <laughs> action number one. We're going to make that cat off the screen with some hair. Let's start, we're going to start there. So we project for the cat. Yes. <laughs> so everybody, that was my there, princess right? kitty. <laughs> um, well, you know, always. Uh, well, I know specifically. Um, so the Dante and Kobe resolution in Brooklyn Center is really important. We have pretty much the nation kind of watching us. Like, <laughs> I was able to get to, you know, like a CNN reporter reach out to me today. So just thinking about you guys what's been going on and I'm all like well let me tell you um you know what's going on in Brooklyn Center and everything and then um you know reminder you know uh we've got different cities and when I say cities I mean like Chicago Los Angeles um one of our local suburbs I forget which one it was like Richfield I forget which which one of the suburbs um coming in talk talking to us about the policy work that we're doing in Brooklyn Center we have Evanston Illinois um, watching us and talking to us about the uh, response work we're doing and it's really important that um, Brooklyn Center we need Brooklyn Center to um, understand that the resolution needs to be passed as it was written um, actually when we get done with this meeting I gotta listen to the recorded uh, last two city council meetings because they are talking about pausing it uh i know they are trying um uh looking at legal legally stopping it and by they i don't mean the whole city you know yeah we need and 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 it's not only important for brooklyn center but you know we have all these people watching us waiting and hoping that we're actually able to create a blueprint one of the other people watching behind another blueprint for folks to be able to um um, mimic you know or you know i mean we all like when we were doing it we we looked at some you know some of the other cities right and then we're going to be one of those cities that other people um but we we can't be if we can't get it passed or if they try to backtrack it or you know as as so many of us are familiar with like with trying to pass somewhere they water it down and yes. they take away the true intent of what was passed. And they're saying things like, well, it was passed so so much in the heat of the moment. It was such a reactionary pass so quick. And, you know, but the amount of work that we've done, the community engagement, the legal, you know, the legal that we brought in, the experts that we brought in, um, that's data and the stats that we have analyzed and used, all of that stuff. Um, it just... Mm-hmm. It's just like all the work is there. Um, there's just yeah, resistance. And because they were able to slow the process down so much with all this stuff, they were then able to get um, Mayor Mike elected out because he passed the res- help, you know, get the resolution passed and then get to uh, two city council members who by 
all intents and purposes seem to be fully against um, the resolution. So just real fast, I'm reading here in the comments, um, Ms. Deborah Watts put, it is a advisor's office in Minnesota that puts on- Thank you. Thank, thank you. you. Thank you, Ms. Deborah. Boom, boom, yes, Ms. Deborah, thank you. <laughs> Yes, they are to hear the comments. So that's who put some language together with mine. We got it right here. Hi, Deborah. <laughs> so do we need folks to call uh the Minnesota, Brooklyn area? What, what do we need them to do? Brooklyn Center, Minnesota City Council. I'll put it nicely. I like, you know, I, I'm gonna kill them with kindness, you know. I mean, just nicely and firmly to, I mean, let them know how important it is, you know, because really the work we're doing, we're not trying to uh, disparage the police. If anything, they should be like kind of on the sidelines cheering for us. You know, we're, 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 we're suggesting that um, a bunch of scenarios that they really don't even have any need to go to. I mean, really right. pretty minimal and really, you know, they don't need to be responding to all that stuff. Right. So just let somebody else do that. But then in some of those, um, other situations like the mental health situations, there's just simply happens to be more appropriate responders to that. And so, um, so we're, we're kind of taking away kind of a, like really low level, boring stuff that why would they want to respond to anyhow, the stuff that they're really not, um, qualified to handle these, you know, social workers go to school for how freaking long and learn very specific stuff and, and then work with these people, um, which then leaves them able to go take care of really what most people want police officers there for to take care of the violent crimes, right? Yeah. And things like the low level, like the traffic stops, that is actually one of the most dangerous encounters that police have on a daily basis. So, um, yeah, all right, thank you. But all yeah, right. so, so it's really important though that, you know, that they just uh, know that I mean, that's the way I can see it. I see it as a win, win, win. Like, I mean, it's really, and, and, and then if there's the people who are like more worried about things like budgets and whatever, well, it's, uh, you know, it's fiscally um, uh, responsible because, uh, you know, we pay police officers a lot of money. So do you really need to be paying somebody upwards $100,000 to go and deal with my neighbor's dog barking? <laughs> exactly. So if you guys have any of all things tonight, um, you can definitely take from Annie from her son being killed that not only did they file a civil suit, but they also went ahead on the legislative side to learn how to write a bill. Um, sometimes it's not about what you know, like Ms. Amity said, it's who you know. Networking, uh, make your network your best work. Uh, there's a beautiful picture there of Kobe right here. As we always like, and Roxanne like to say all the time, we like to put a face Yes. With the name, it is very important that people honor our loved ones to know who these people are because they're important to us as well. So this is very important. And we really thank you guys for being here tonight and yes. speaking with us and educating us as well on what we can do to get involved. Also, uh, what we can also do just to get a bill passed in hopes of, you know, to get that going. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And, and just to say real quick, just some exciting news, Katie Wright and myself uh, last week just filed our 1023 form for nonprofit status with the IRS for okay. a nonprofit that will be the Dante and Kobe No More Names Initiative. One of the things that we really plan on doing is kind of rolling this uh, community safety reform out 
um, hopefully across the nation. So good, good. Wow. thank you for joining us, Amity. Well, thank you so much for having me. And really, you guys, thank you for doing this series. Of course. That's what we're here for. We're here for it. You guys, uh, just real fast, we wrap up tonight. Um, Sophie, I'm not sure if you can go in and fill up on the screen real fast. A call of action. Um, as you all know, um, I'm still in federal court right now for Xavier's case. Um, we have a court case coming up Tuesday, uh, March 29th. And that ironically is my niece's birthday as well. So <laughs> we also have court on the same day. I am asking the community to please, please, please support not just my family. I want the community to understand the impact that the community has when you guys support and pack the courthouse. Um, I think she's going to put the flyer up here in a second. I hope so. Yep. So you guys get the information about where court is going to be um, at. It's going to be Tuesday, March 29th in Richmond, Virginia at 10 a.m. I am asking anybody who is in the Richmond area to please, please, please show up for court. Um, it's like, I think it's eight, is it eight days today? I think it's eight days. Right? Yeah, it's eight days. I was just going to say, I just wanted to. Okay, <laughs> no worries. Yeah, just let you guys know that the rest is eight days, so it is March 29th. Again, um, I post my page a countdown every single day. It is imperative for the community to show the support, not just for Xavier's case, but for the judge to also know that you all care about what's going on in the courthouse. Um, mutual aid also is court support. When we ask for aid sometimes, we're not just asking for money or money or things. We're not we're asking for you guys to show your presence uh, and please come out to court. If you cannot be in court because you're in another state, Totally understand that. Please share the flyer. If you guys are watching this live right now, that means you have a free social media account here on Facebook, like I do as well. So I'm actually please, please share the flyer so we can continue to get justice for Xavier. As we stated from day one, we were not going to stop fighting for Xavier and that Xavier or anybody from that case would not. So I'm going to ask one more time, y'all. I have court on March 29th at 10 o'clock in Richmond. Yeah. Um, the courtroom is here. It's at 701 East Broad Street. It is federal court. So please, if you want to come to court, bring your ID because we're going to ID you when you get there as well. You cannot be late. Well, you can be late, but it will start you know, at 10 o'clock. So we'll be there at 10 o'clock. I'm asking again, if you're on this live, you cannot attend because you don't live in Virginia. That's fine. But please, please share Xavier's story. As we said, upon this podcast, that you guys know, we're still working. You might not see the posters all the time or not, but we are still working day in and day out to achieve some kind of justice and accountability for us. Thank y'all for a little bit of time. Yeah. Yeah. That's all I got, Roxanne.